Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the CJJC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the biased takes. What a weekend of games from the NFL. I mean, as both guys are going to be raving about another football recap, Jalen brings in the NFL detectives to see who is dead or alive before the NFL trade deadline. But then, just when you think it's over, the NBA is back! And that means there's some, in good fashion, the guys are going to bring in two classic NBA segments for the season tip-off. It's a big episode, full of takes, so sit back, watch the banner be raised, and enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome back. Uh, we got week seven. Uh, the NFL has just finished and wrapped up and everything. A great week of football. But more importantly, it's also today NBA tip-off in the NBA season. The Nuggets have just done their ring ceremony. They're almost a quarter in. Colby, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great, man. It's so great to have the NBA back. Nuggets on tip-off. Very exciting times. And the Nuggets already rolling. Uh, the Lakers early. So that's been exciting. Jokic, uh, I don't know if he touched the basketball in the offseason, but he didn't need to, I guess, if he didn't, because uh, he's still just as dominant uh, and doing whatever he wants, like usual. So, yeah, so far so good. We'll see if that can last. As this game's going to be going on as we're recording this, so that should be fun. But, yeah, crazy. The NBA's already back. Super. It was amazing to see the Nuggets raise the banner, get their rings. Um, I can't wait, though. Quest to go back to back starts right now. Yeah, like we said, it's week seven of the NFL just wrapped up. A great way to wrap up week week seven. And here we are. And another just a great way to start the NBA season. And then we got Warriors and Suns after this Nuggets Lakers game. So by the way, in that in that Suns game, Bradley Beal already out. Oh, first game. Couldn't even make one game. So uh good luck to the Suns with uh the regular season. What I, hear, playoff, but, uh, what I hear is excuses already, starting with the Suns. <laughs> like, oh, they're already not like they're not even playing at their full power. This is not the full Suns team that we signed up for. I already hear it. I can already hear it. The NBA drama is back, folks. Oh man, look at that. They're showing on the screen right now. We got Luka Doncic going up against Wemby. And uh what's it called? Oh, that's gonna be good. I cannot wait to watch some Wemby and some real games as well. That's gonna be electric. Hmm. I would also want to see what these new look Celtics, why they keep doing this shuffle around in the guard position. I want to see what the new look Celtics look like against the net Knicks. Sorry, the Knicks tomorrow. So, I mean, yeah, no, it's gonna be... folks. so what can you say? There's all kinds of things that are interesting right now. Yes, sir. All right. Now, hey, Colby. Well, before we get too taken taken away by the NBA, let's go ahead and trans. Let's stick with the NFL real fast. Like we said, big week of the NFL, week seven. Um, your Steelers came off the bye. My Vikings got big wins. Uh, just big stuff all around. Of course, you'll be back on Thursday, hopefully, to uh, explain some picks and locks of all that nature and stuff like yes. that. Yes, yes, I should be back. I apologize for last Thursday. 
okay i had like this like great intro for you set up like i completely set you up for this you know amazing spike for the steelers and you literally disconnected right when i said all right colby and you just oh sorry i didn't even realize <laughs> that that's bad i'm sorry no, but hey, it was great comedic so, effect it's it was, uh, christian, <laughs> christian was just dying laughing so it's all good <laughs> so colby yeah, sorry, since you it's all good it's all good. Since you are back, let's go ahead and hear from you. Uh, what was your first takeaway for week seven of the NFL? Okay, so we're starting the takeaways. All right. So my first one, um, before I get into more of the fun ones, let me just get out in front of this, my first takeaway. It appears I may have been wrong about Jordan Love. Uh oh. you. I think you may have won that argument uh, so far. You know, it started great. Those first three weeks, I was feeling good. Uh, it has gone into the tank. He's been horrific the last three games in a row now. Um, he's inaccurate. He's turning it over. Their offense stinks. They lost to the Broncos this week. Um, so, yeah, I'll just go. I'll just get that one out right away. Uh, it looks like you were right about that takes no joy to say that but uh jordan love might might not be very good i may have may have been wrong on that one that's my first takeaway well colby i i don't blame you uh to start off with that one you're going off of the bat trying to give away give away my firepower um luckily it wasn't all my takeaways but yeah losing to the broncos <laughs> i mean i had that one as one of my picks should have had it as a lock but that game was gross in itself I, can't, I mean, yeah, that's just – it doesn't look great for Doran Love, and I can't say that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him on Sunday against the Packers and Vikings. So before we get to those good guys, but I want to say just back Ooh. on Doran Love, though. Yeah, the, the, I told you, they're just going to coddle him, bro. They're just going to make – they're going to make it as easy as possible, as bland as – like, they're just going to try and make it as easy as they can. Yeah. It's a big <laughs> task for the Packers. It's a really challenging task with the roster they have. They have a lot of young receivers and maybe it's just, you know, it's going to take some time. I definitely agree with the people that say, you know, Jordan Love is struggling, but I also say, yes, it does take time. And I want to, I'm not going to hop off the off the gun too fast with you there, Colby. I do believe in some hope that he'll get it together just because it's the Packers. I can't turn my back on him completely, but uh <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, I, I'm going to give him the benefit. As a Vikings fan, I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt and everything. See what happens here later on. But it has been great. I agree with you. It has not been great. And I like that. Don't get me wrong. I do like that. So <laughs> yeah, I'm going right, to go ahead and follow your footsteps there, Colby, though. I'm going to go take it to another NFC North quarterback. Um, not the one that, obviously, I want to talk about the most, the more fun one. But we're going to talk about the one that I think is also just as fun. You and Christian were making fun of him, calling him uh, Baguette, Tyson Tyler Baguette. Well, Mr. Baguette just put the <laughs> field on fire. He Mr. was Baguette. listening. I hope he's not listening. He might have been. He may have been listening. <laughs> so Mr. Baguette just turned the fields on fire. My, That's what I put down as my takeaway. Um, I mean, he came in, Ooh, smoked good. the Raiders. I mean, he just smoked the Raiders and everything. He came in, smoked the Raiders, and, you know, that's not a good feeling if you uh what's it called? What is it? Three seasons, Justin Fields struggling in this Bears offense, and this uh backup quarterback comes in and lights it up week one after a full week of with the starters. Uh not, not good. Not good. 
So what can I say? I mean, he only has six wins. So go ahead and give me uh give me the new guy. I would I would love to see what the Bears do under underneath this uh new quarterback controversy. <laughs> wow. I don't know if it'll be a controversy or not, but you are right. That wasn't the best look for uh for Justin Fields there. <laughs> All yeah. right. Um my next takeaway. There's a lot of good directions to, to potentially go here. I'll just say, and I'll wrap my Steelers bias into this, but uh, the AFC North is what we thought it was, and it's by far going to be the best division. Um, all four teams, I think, are good to very good. Um, just we're going to – we can beat you any which way. Physical, going to beat you up and knock you around when you play the AFC North. Obviously, Baltimore at the top of that right now. Steelers and the Browns will afford to, and since he was on a bye, three and three. The AFC North is just a juggernaut, man. That's my second takeaway. It's the best division. I, I think they get three in, my guess. I think three of them get in into the playoffs because uh, I think they're just playing different different type of football than everyone else. They can beat each other up, but they're going to beat up everyone else too. Well, I can't say I disagree with you, Colby, because I definitely had that as one of my takeaways as well. So I'll be scrambling for one later on. <laughs> But uh, okay. my title four was an AFC North stronghold. All three AFC North teams won this week, and the Bengals, of course, are coming on to a bye, and they're, and they're playing the rattled 49ers, uh, needless to say. So, huge game. Yeah, huge game off a bye for the Bengals, and they're looking pretty favored after what's gone on in San Francisco. So, but anyways, back to the rest of the three teams, you know, great performances from your guys the Steelers proving me wrong. I'll hear all of that on Thursday. I guarantee it. But um, yeah, I was about to say Steelers coming up with a big win at LA. You said it to me on text. Um, they're going to win just because it's going to have some good field pre- home field presence for them as well. And there were a lot of terrible That's towels, right. a lot of terrible towels. Um, it was a slow start. You got to admit that for your Steelers, but um, oh, it always it's is. Than- it's better than what you're getting out of Cleveland. I can tell you that much. And the Cleveland defense is just elite. Yeah, it's a it's a great. It's one of the top defenses in the league. Obviously, it's still on a historic. I don't think it's on a historic trend after letting up all those points to Minshew, but yeah, it's still up there. They got the dub, and Watson's out a couple of weeks. They're Watson. That's such a weird situation, and it's gotten even worse. Like they, they say, he might be out a couple of weeks. I think mm. might be better without him anyway. I think so, too. I think so, too. P.J. Walker looks like he's getting the job done. And speaking of which, that is going to be my next takeaway. Random QB spotlight week, baby. You heard me mention P.J. Walker. Let me flip the page and let me tell you about some other quarterbacks here. You heard Tyson Badgett. Um, I don't know if you noticed, Colby. Desmond Ritter, he came back and won a game. Uh, Tyron Taylor won a game. Tyron Taylor won. Uh, let's see, Mac Jones. I mean, he's in the random QB spotlight the way he's been playing lately. Uh, let's see who yeah. else deserves it. Well, I think that's about it. But yeah, as you heard, that's a quite a, that's quite the list for these random QBs to have some big games and everything. So great week for my uh, random backup QB spotlights. That's a good one. I like that a lot. Um, all right, my third takeaway. That that's a fun one. Um. Third takeaway is just this, and this will just be the flip side of your of your bagnet take. Uh, <laughs> Josh McDaniels, oof, 
my goodness, some of the coaching out there, obviously the Raiders getting de-pantsed in that game was horrible. Um, the Raiders are a bad team. I don't know how they're three and they've won three games. They're bad. Um, they're awful. They're going to be in the QB draft race. And McDaniels has to go, man. He's a bad coach. Staley was was classic bad again. Um, and uh, and Ron Rivera not looking so hot either. A lot of a lot of coaches hot seats are that little spin that mostly it's about McDaniels, but I'll just say the hot seats are picking up for some coaches. Those would be the three at the top of that list for me. Um, so that's my third takeaway. Some coaches are under some real pressure here because it's uh. I mean, that was a bad show. I don't know how the Raiders, how you get smacked like that by Tyson Bagnett. No disrespect. Again, he played awesome, but come on, that can't happen. Yeah, that was was a very, very disturbing week for uh, Josh McDaniels and the Raiders fans. I mean, they had everything laid out in front of them. A brand new quarterback. Dude hasn't played any really high level football he played d2 and everything so i mean my definition of i guess it would have been d1 or any level of that but i mean give him the credit he won the game against your josh mcdaniels super bowl winning offensive coordinator guy who's supposed to be a genius when the raiders owner likes to point to his head and say think about it telling his fans to think about why he's keeping josh mcdaniels um and then ron rivera like you said yes these <laughs> coaches hot seats are already starting to get lit up colby um riverboat ron what is going on, dude? You got Eric Bieniemy, and I agree with this take right now. And whoever gets this coaching job at Washington next year, it's it's going to be neither of the two names I just said, um, Bieniemy or Ron Rivera. So it's not looking great for either of those yeah. organizations. And yeah, the hot seats are flickering up a little bit. <clears throat> All right. So, Colby, I guess I'll tail on to that real quick because I actually do want to agree with you about how gross Josh McDaniels is. But it's a little more personified to myself, of course. It is, I have a gross problem. And on this list is teams that I picked last week to win, and I tend to root for them for some reason. And it's a very concerning gross problem. It is, of course, the DC Commanders who, for some reason, even after I've been burned so many times, uh... Still still rooting for them. Still think they can get it together. Rooted for them last week. That didn't go well, as I just mentioned. And then you got the Las Vegas, <laughs> as we just mentioned, I always pick. Uh, and then, of course, the Arizona Cardinals, who are just so scrappy. They're fun to pick, but it is a problem. And they just did not hold their end of the bargain last week. So I just wanted to point out some of these gross teams, man, in the league. Because we're not going to give them that much of a spotlight when I talk about them here in a minute in our next segment. Now that's that's fair. You do have that's funny. You do have a, a little bit of a problem with some of these gross teams, I would say. Uh, so the first step is recognizing that you have a problem. So that's good. I'm, I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Um. All right. My fourth takeaway. Um. I hate to be a negative Nelly again with this take these takes but uh i think it's time to start using the f word when we're talking about the miami dolphins i think they might be frauds as much as as awesome as they are they're high speed they're going to be in the playoffs i still think they're good but they have not beaten a single good team uh both times they played an actual good team even buffalo who's i don't know how good buffalo even is the last couple weeks um and they got smoked they just like they don't. They're not good enough in the trenches. They don't have the defense. They're gonna cook bad teams and bad defenses. 
But uh, like if the Steelers played Miami today, as crazy as it sounds with the Steelers' offense, I would feel very confident in that game because Miami just does not have the front. Um, so that's my fourth takeaway: is I think the Dolphins might be frauds. Interesting. Dolphins might be frauds. It's a painful take to hear. I mean, my power rankings weren't the best, but uh, they haven't been looking too sharp uh, as well, just like the Dolphins. Both my power rankings and the Dolphins haven't been too sharp, but I love Mike McDaniels. So I can't sit here and hear the slander, Colby. I truly believe in him. Yes, they struggle against the good winning teams. Like, that is a great point, and they haven't won a game, I think, against the winning team even since last season, they said. So... It's a clear yeah. problem in the Mike McDaniel's uh organization, but he also wins the games that he need that he knows he needs to win. So there's some ups and some downs to that. I agree um on that. But are they frauds? I don't want to say that yet. I, I, I think the conversation is starting to stir for it. I understand it. I do understand that. Um, all right. So for my next one, it's gonna be how some things just don't change, Colby. I mean, I got the Chiefs oh. winning. We got the Chiefs winning this week against the Chargers and the Eagles winning, of course, just like the Dolphins. But the other team that I wanted to add into this one, it's going to be the Patriots, the third team that makes this uh, takeaway. It's all wrapped up. Patriots, they get their business handle as Belichick gets his 300th win. Um, and, of course, the Eagles and Chiefs, the Super Bowl. Right now, probably the Super Bowl favorites, in my opinion. I would say we're getting really close to a rematch um, but yeah, I was about to say that I think some things just might not change. These D- Eagles came out playing the way that they that I always say they're gonna play, except for we got a really big performance out of AJ Brown. I will say that, but again, I'll call that take all the time. It's one of either him or Devontae Smith, folks. Somebody will on the receiving end, but that's side the point. Then you got the Chiefs, they always come out big swinging offense as always, and they figured it out at the end of the second half. They just started pouring on the points while containing the Chargers. And then last but not least, of course, the Patriots. Like I just said, they handled business. I mean, it's just a classic win. And then everything, they needed it. Bills were look, needing it too. They needed to find a way to answer back. And uh, Patriots put, put them a little bit on notice, put the pills on notice for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. I like your your more things changed. When I stay the same, that's a good one. Um. All right, my last one was going to be a Chiefs one, so it's kind of similar to that. Um, but I'll just say, this is, again, well, that hurts me to say, but I don't know that anyone's going to be able to beat the Chiefs. They really might go back to back. Um, as fun as all the other teams have been, as fun as it's going to be to see how this year plays out, I don't feel very good about anyone beating the Chiefs, To be, if I'm being 100% honest. Um, so that's my final takeaways. I think the Chiefs are just a juggernaut and, I don't know that anyone's gonna be able to beat them. They're just really good, and they might—they most likely will be right back in the Super Bowl at the end of the year, which is not exciting, really, or fun. But it's—it's it's more than likely probably the reality. Yeah, I started to come to that terms as well. <laughs> uh, like you said, like I just said, I, I think the possibility of seeing a rematch is getting more and more likely. The way the NFC is playing too, just the way we're seeing the NFC play out, um, and of course, like you said, the AFC Chiefs—they're just. We're, we're already getting an Arrowhead Invitational. I think we can already guarantee that. It's going to be another Arrowhead Invitational, unless the Jags do go through with the prophecy and uh, win out a lot of these games. But, uh, yeah, the Arrowhead Invitational is looking very likely. Um, all right, Colby, my last one. 
It's the one that you guys all have been waiting for. I got a great one. It's one that I've been finding on social media. It's Big Kirko wakes up dripping like this, folks. Big Kirko, baby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. On primetime Monday night. Oh, no. Kirk Cousins is going to choke on primetime. It's all Kirk Cousins. Oh, this, that. Uh. Big Kirko drip, wakes up dripping like this. And he was put on a top 10. ESPN top 10 chain given to him by Justin Jefferson at the end of the game. Want to know why? This man was cooking yesterday against the 49ers under pressure. He had a lot of pressure moments and he dealt with it really well. Kept throwing it to Jordan Addison, even after the turnover where he was ripped from. And guess what? Jordan Addison said, give me it back, baby. It was awesome. Uh, Big Kirko. What can I say? He is keeping this team alive. And now the conversation, as I've been saying, and now it is coming back to more fruition to other people, is the Vikings may be a playoff team. And uh, I said that, I don't know, when we when I said we needed to beat the fucking Bears and the Panthers and the Chiefs. I did say we needed to beat the Chiefs, but I also said that was a long shot. <laughs> but I, I, anyways, you know, we got to take your wins and losses. Vikings on a great roll in these next six weeks are some very favorable matchups. Don't be afraid if you hear the Vikings back in some chatter to give the Lions a little bit of competition going into weeks 13 and 14. Ooh, wow. Already coming back to the division. I like that. No, you're right. I mean, they're definitely still alive. They're definitely not dead. Um, mm. So that's exciting. They're still very much alive. Um with the, especially in the NFC, with how much of a mess the race for those last couple wild card spots is gonna is gonna be, um, really, I guess probably just that seven seed is gonna be. I mean, who knows who's gonna wind up getting that in the NFC? So no, that yeah. was an awesome win. I was happy for your Vikings. I was rooting for them just because I feel like that's, uh, you know, that's the most fun. So when we get an upset like that, so that was that was awesome to see for Kirk and, uh, you know, I think. Uh, I think they're very they're very much alive. They they should be able to beat Green Bay next week. Um, the way the Packers are looking. So no, it's uh I'm happy for you. It's good that I'm glad you're in better spirits after those first couple weeks. Uh it's good to see the Vikings back in the mix. Hey, I've been in I've been in solid spirits even in those early weeks. I was just so no, disgruntled with the I was just very disgruntled with those fumbles and turnovers, man. It was just ridiculous how many we've had in the beginning of games. I mean, we still had one in the beginning of this game, but still in those first couple of weeks, it was rough watching football games, man. I will say that it was rough watching football games. The Chargers one was a backbreaker. Won't lie. But detective, good job dis- distinguishing one case really early as you already presume these Vikings to be alive with their playoff hopes Ooh, before the I- trade deadline. So Colby, that means these guys probably won't be shopping and everything. They will be, uh, I would not mean shopping. They're not getting rid of any of their players. So let's continue this, Colby. We got a few more teams on this dead or alive list. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's hit it. All right. Right off the bat, let's keep it in the NFC. I'm going to go with the Rams after a loss to the Steelers. Are the Rams dead or alive? Uh, They're alive. The NFC, like I said, they're going to be one of those teams, I feel like, in the hunt for that last spot. Um, I don't know how alive they are. They definitely, they're just, it's kind of, a, it's a rebuilding roster, but they do have, obviously, the dynamic uh, of Stafford, Cup, and Puka, which still makes them pretty dangerous. Um, 
but I would say they're still alive at the moment. But if they don't get things turned around soon, uh, that could change. But for the moment, the Rams are alive. Well, I agree with you. That offense is elite. They just got hit with a challenging defense. I mean, it is the Steelers' defense, so I'm, you can't really sleep on the Rams all too much on that. So absolutely not. So yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give me uh, give me the Rams alive as well. I'm right there with you, Colby. All right, next NFC team. They're in the news again in a bad way. It's gonna be the New Orleans Saints, Colby. Oh. I mean, they're they're still alive as well, just mostly because of their division, but they are a mess right now. Um, so it's not a great spot that they're in, but they're, they're still alive, I would say. I'm going they're, with they're... presumed dead. I'm going to go with presumed wow, dead. Wow, really? Yes, uh, Colby. I, I think uh, seeing Derek Carr chew out receivers when the ball is thrown 10, 15 meters above him and everything and then soon enough we hear that one of those said receivers just get into uh some street acts some streets crimes i mean hey i think uh i think the saints are a good defensive team still but defenses can only go so far with boring offenses we saw that with denver last year dennis allen colby you said it many times he's not the best coach and everything he's a great defensive <laughs> one we've seen that he's a good defensive one offensively, these guys are still struggling. Their car is struggling. Um, I just don't have any faith on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm going to say presumed dead for the Saints here, for me personally. Wow. All right. I think you're just dis- – NFC South, it's hard to be dead in the NFC South. That's true. <laughs> that is true. All it takes is two. All it takes is two wins in a row, and you're probably right back on top. Um, all right. Next one we got is – the Washington Commanders, Colby, another loss, a disappointing loss by that factor in the offensive side of the ball uh, to the Giants. Uh, are they dead or alive? You keep using this NFC excuse, but you got to start putting someone dead, right? You're right. You're right. Uh, I've, yeah, I mean, I got to say dead, even though, again, technically no one's really dead out of that mix. But, yeah, I'll, I'll say dead because it's uh, it's not it's not good. Uh, they literally Sam Howell I heard is on pace to be sacked 96 times this year they just have no blocking Um, the poor guy's getting eaten up back there he hasn't been great himself but I mean what can you do when you're getting crushed all game Um, so yeah I'll I'll say the commanders are dead they got some coaching as I said I don't think Ron Rivera is going to have a job next year they're obviously going through it uh, but this is their first time with the new owners I don't know that Sam Howell's going to be back next year or not. Um, we'll see, but uh, I don't think Ron will. So I'll say the commanders are dead. Yeah, I agree. I think the commanders are also dead, especially if the trade rumors are starting to swirl around that defensive line. I mean, you've, we've seen the disgruntled players. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name right now off the top of my head, but he's one of the seven-year defensive linemen, first-round picks that they got. Um, and he comes out there and he's like, I'm just tired of it. You know, he's tired of losing. He's tired of all of it. And turns around, the news line is, it's not him that's going to be probably traded. It's Chase Young. It's Trace, It's Chase Young in the trade rumors right now. Um, yeah, that has been going out there for a while. Yeah. And I mean, it would probably, it would be, I, I mean, yeah, they probably had these rumors from last year as well, because he's always been around. But I think, I think if they actually pulled off this, tr- any trade with Chase Young, it would be a great sign that, uh, this probably is going to be a change of pace in the next season going forward in a lot of these uh, or head coach positions. 
and everything. And speaking of this season, yeah, Colby, it's like 40-plus sacks right now for Sam Howe. It's not great. That is not great. And I mentioned it earlier, Eric Bieniemy. that's your offense, man. You got to get that fixed. That's that's embarrassing. Yeah. You know, that they, that they're a mess. They look this make the Steelers line look like the Eagles line. Well, we'll see about that. See. All right. <laughs> here we go. We got uh one more. No, I got two more NFC teams for you. Ready? I'm you ready. Your Green Bay Packers, Colby. Oh. Are they dead or alive? This one, I I can give you a little bit of a pass on if you want to say that it's the NFC. No, they're very dead. They uh, oh. I've lost my Packers faith these last couple of weeks, especially after that Denver game. I mean, that was their chance to crawl, crawl, uh, claw back into it, get right back in the mix, and they just have their offense is a mess. Um, they've been banged up. Jordan Love has been horrible. No, the Packers, they're dead. I believed in them this year, but I was wrong about them. Maybe they can get it cooking down the stretch. We'll see. But no, I think they're probably pretty dead. I would say they're dead as well, Colby. Not it for any not for any biased reasons, of course. But um, I mean, they can potentially fall if you think about it. They fall and they already just give up on this whole Jordan Love experience. Let's see what could happen, you know, for the Packers. What can they do with their future? Do we see some Sean Clifford? Probably not. I think they're going to ride out this whole Jordan Love thing. Oh, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. But I do think there would be some fun. Te- it would be a fun team if they were to find a way to shop, I don't know, David Bakhtiari, some guy, a guy that just, I don't know, doesn't seem to want to play football that much for the pick for the Packers at the moment. Um, yeah. No, you're right. They could definitely be a seller. They do have some good pieces. Yeah, and I mean, and I'm not saying like sell all your high end guys like Jair or all your new first round pick guys on defense. Don't do that. Just sell the guys that you know, like Bakhtiari. Honestly, he's the first guy that comes to mind. I mean, just try and sell out what maybe him and maybe one of the running backs get some value for the season and everything, and just keep the core and everything. Definitely keep your core because running backs they're exchangeable. So, uh, as of, as I've sadly learned this season. All right. Last team, Colby, the New York Giants. Yes, they won a football game, but are they dead or alive, Colby? I mean, for God's sakes, they're playing with Tyrod Taylor, and everyone's saying this guy should be the starter right now. That That is the situation in New York. Are they dead or alive? They're very dead, and they've been dead for a while. They It's great that they beat the Commanders, um, but – no, they're so dead. Yeah, this is dark times for Daniel Jones that everyone's like, Tyrod Taylor's actually kind of been better, but he has been. Um, no, they're awful. They're they're dead. They're completely dead. This is a nice win, but shows they're scrappy. But no, they're going to be in the Caleb Williams race. Oh, Caleb Williams race. Wow. Pretty much everyone in the Caleb Williams race won this week, which makes it more fascinating. Because I'm yeah. pretty sure, doesn't everyone else have – everyone has – well, no, the Cards only have one win and the Panthers haven't won. Everyone else has gotten at least two wins. It's true, and it's true. It keeps everything interesting, and all the teams looking a little competent. Because remember, uh, Caleb Williams does not. Caleb Williams' parents does not want him to be drafted to uh, bad organizations that they deem incompetent. I think they said. But anyways, I'm right there with you. I I think the Giants are dead. I think the Giants are also dead. Um, For them to be talking about the quarterbacks just like that is embarrassing. 
and the talks about should they even just trade Saquon coming right back up into the earth is just brutal for Giants. I mean, brutal. You win a game, and here we are a week before the trade deadline, and everyone's talking about how you should probably shop Saquon and give up on the season. And just the put Which the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, and put the icing on the cake. It's week seven, and this is the week where your backup quarterback finally finds Darren Waller in the end zone, your big free agency signing. Congratulations, New York. Took you seven weeks to do it. I don't blame you, though. Um, All right. So we got a couple more minutes here on this uh, first Zoom. We're going to go okay. ahead and start the AFC here. Just a few teams as well for these guys. Probably going to okay. Zoom through these guys just as fast because I know how you feel about the AFC being a lot more stronger um, <laughs> and competitive. So we're going to go ahead and start from the AFC South. I got two. We're going to start with one team that you hold a lot of respect for, the Tennessee Titans. Oh, they're completely dead. They're, they're dead. It's going to be a Willis. It's Willis and Tannehill figure out if they can play season. They're two and four. They just don't have the talent. Too many good teams in the AFC. Like, they're going to get butchered most weeks in the AFC. I, they'll scrap some wins here and there because of Rabel, but no, the, the Titans are dead. Well, it is tough to hear, and I agree with you, especially after yesterday's move of uh, Kevin Byard going to Philly. Oh, just yeah. Just completely disgusting. I, I can't believe it, Philly getting more stacked. How do they afford all of this? I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a case for another day for these detectives, folks. All right. Our next one is going to be a team that was also on the bitter stick of losses. It's going to be the L.A. Chargers, Colby. Are they dead or alive in your AFC? Oh, the Chargers, man. Feels bad to say, but they're dead. They don't have a good coach. Their defense is a mess. Their offense isn't even that good. Herbert's not even really had a great year. Um, there's just no juice. There's It's all bad vibes. Uh, and they just always find ways to lose games. They're just not good enough. There's too many good teams above them in the AFC. So, no, they're dead. The Chargers are dead as well. Oh. All right, Chargers are dead as well. And I, this hurts. This hit, I'm right there with you. It hurts, man. We were big fans of Herbo earlier in this podcast a year ago. I mean, as I just I said a year like ago. But, but yeah, we, he, he has not improved. No, he's stuck to that. He plateaued for sure. He definitely plateaued. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's just they have a great roster and it's just to see them. Just play games so disappointed, man. Like I said on the Pick'em show, I'm done with the Chargers and everything. You weren't there for it, but yeah, I could, I, I was like, I'm done with it. They got it. I'm done with them. Uh, it doesn't impress me anymore. I'm sorry, Herbo. I, I love the flow. I love the throws, but uh, I just don't like what else I see. So that's it. Give me, uh, yeah, Chargers are, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're dead. It pains me to say that. All right. Let's see. We got three more. We're going to go to the Texans, Colby. Are the Texans dead or alive in the AFC? Um, Alive, but not Ooh. by much. They're 500. They have a good, a pretty good defense. They have an awesome young quarterback. They have a great young coach. They're trending in the right direction. This is certainly the most alive they've been in years. Um, they're, they're still alive because they're right now second in their division. Um, I don't think anyone's catching Jacksonville in that division, but I think they're gonna they'll still win a I bet they win seven, eight games. It's a lot it'll be a long road for them to get to the playoffs, but uh I think it's on the board. So uh, uh it's a long shot, I doubt it, but they're at this moment the Texans are still alive. 
I'm right there with you with them being alive. I think they're more alive than you think they are. Uh, I think we found them a little in a little bit better condition than you think. Uh, they're all you, you saw them all beaten <laughs> and battered. I saw them. They're, they're they're just they got a limp. You know, they're just walking with a limp right now. Yeah, uh, they're hanging around. <laughs> but uh, I think the Texans they're well alive. Uh, you said they're a team that probably the Jaguars are going to run away with it. But you have to remember the Texans they beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville. That's so. Cool. I mean, the Texans, yeah, and of course, it's the AFC South. They're all that rivalry, triangle, square. It's weird. It's a weird relationships down there. But uh, yeah, Texans, man, I think they have a shot. They play every team respectable. Um, Definitely a lot. And then one more to wrap up this first Zoom here, Colby. Okay. We've got two teams left total. Uh, We're going to go with the Bengals. All right. Are the Bengals dead or alive? I really thought the way it started that they were going to be dead, but no, they're alive. They're very alive. They had the bye week at the perfect time. They scrapped the wins they needed to. Now they have a tough schedule coming up, so we'll see how they do, especially with San Francisco coming off two straight losses uh, next week. But Burrow had a chance to get healthier. They'd been playing better uh, before the bye, finally snapped their skid. So now the Bengals very, very much still alive, very alive. Interesting. I, I'm sitting here. And I remember being here on like week three, week four, just saying how the Bengals just look terrible. Joe Burrow is struggling with one leg out there. And yeah, like you said, they got literally the most perfect times by a week for him. The rest up and the 49ers are coming in a little hobbled. Yes, but they're also going to be coming off of a Monday night game. So you got a team with a bye and a team with a Monday night game. The Bengals can easily get their footing here. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. They are alive. All right, so one more. We got one more here for you, Colby, on our detectives dead or alive case right before the trade deadline here in the NFL. Um, and it's going to be the New York Jets. I got the New Ooh. York Jets on here. Are they dead or alive? That's a good one. Um, they were on a bye this week. They have great defense. They had the big win over Philly last time they played. I'm still going to say dead, though. Just because oh. they're not going to go anywhere. No, I don't think they're going anywhere in the AFC with that, with Zach Wilson, uh, and just with how tough the conference is. I think they'll be competitive. I think they'll hover around 500 maybe, but uh, no, I, I I still think they're dead. I just think the AFC is too tough. Oh, all right. I'm going to be a little optimistic here, Colby. I think they're alive. I think they're a little bit alive here. Uh, I like where they're going here on their squad. I think they got a lot of chances to rebound. That's the biggest part about the Jets is if they keep winning, they keep get a chance to keep on bringing back the hopes of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I like your optimism, but I don't think Rodgers is coming back, even if they do get to the playoffs. I just think that's all smoke. Um, I highly doubt he's coming back. Um, so, yeah, man, that's that's tough. Um I don't know. I mean, they'll be in the mix. They do have some really good players, and they run the ball very well. Uh, but I just think it's it's too rough sledding the AFC, and I don't think they're getting Rodgers back. Interesting. All right. Well, I mean, the Rodgers thing, we never know how what's that situation going to look like in his health. I mean, they said That's that he's out there throwing footballs already. I've seen it myself, Colby. I mean, it looks like he's throwing, he's throwing a football. I mean, hey, how much do you need to do, right, if you're Rodgers? A lot more, obviously. It's the NFL. I mean, those dudes are coming out for rent money, literally. All right. So, Colby, 
I know you got an NBA segment ready to go for us. So as we as we transition, folks, we are now into the third quarter. It's a nine point game. Nuggets, yes, Lakers. Yes. Nuggets are up by nine. So it's a little bit more interesting. It's more entertaining for sure. The Nuggets, de- the Lakers definitely made this a little bit more entertaining as we've been talking about football. But now we can go ahead, turn this, turn this whole pendulum swing on over to the NBA. Uh, Colby, do you want to do your segment or do you want to knock out mine real quick? We can, we can do your question. So mine was just, my segment's just a list. It's just the 10, the 10 players I have under the most pressure. I debated going back and forth on a lot of the order and who to even put in it. But uh, yeah. So yeah, we can do your burning questions first. I always love some good NBA questions. I'm very hyped for this NBA season. Yes, sir. And as you said, these are definitely burning questions, Colby. I found a way to make them even more interesting. So here we go. My first burning question to you is going to be, who is going to be more respectable this season? The Blazers or the Raptors? All right. Can you can you ask that question again? I just got a call. I had to uh You're so good. Muted for- you ready? Who's gonna be more respectable of a team this season? The Blazers or the Raptors? Oh, that's wow, that's a good one. Um more respectable? Yes. I'll say, I'll say the Raptors. I mean the Blazers oh. are gonna have to be more exciting. The Blazers are in a better position going forward. But they're just so they're very they're young guards. They have a young team, and that's tough. You're going to lose a lot of games that way. The Blazers will be more exciting. They're definitely in a much better spot for the future. Um, the Raptors are going to just be kind of an average middle of the road team unless they blow it up. But the the reports that are out there, it seems like Toronto doesn't actually want to do anything. Like they just kind of are sticking with this team. So I'll say the Raptors, but uh, not by that much. I'm not a big fan of what they've been doing in Toronto. Interesting. All right. Uh, I'm not going to lie. My answer was leaning more towards the Blazers. I do like the eight and pick up a little bit just for their sake and everything, getting out of some value out of the trade, you know, and not being bullied. But also, I do like the fact that they're trying to build their own identity. And we've been on this podcast. We're very, uh, very uh, vocal about trying to take new steps and new changes and stuff on here. So I'm a little bit actually surprised that you're okay with taking the same old route and seeing the same old sights. I'm not okay with it. You just said who's going to be a more respectable team. That's like, true. I think the Raptors should be slightly better. I think I said Portland's in a much better position. and They've done the right thing. Toronto should do what Portland did, but I don't know that they're going to. All right. Now, Colby, I will be fair. I do have a third team on that list, and I was going to base it on whichever one you were going with. You chose the Raptors, so you ready? Okay. More respectable, Raptors or Cavs? Oh, the Cavs. The Cavs are still going to be a playoff team. This is why they were the third team. Yeah, this is why they were the third team. No, that's why they were the third team. It was the easy answer. Okay, I see how it is. All right, next one. I got more likely... To secure a playoff spot, the Mavs, the Wolves, or the OKC Thunder. All three wow. of them in the West play in games last year. Oh, man, that's a hard one. That's really good, Jalen, man. Oh, because they're going to be competing. They'll probably all see each other again in the play in games, in my opinion. They could, yeah, they could all be. Man, there's parts about all of them that I like so much. Um, 
I'm gonna say the Mavs at the out of the even though I like the other teams overall better, but just because they have Luca, I'm gonna say the Mavs. And I don't think I think Luca's gonna be better this year. I don't think they're gonna have like just because he's one of the five best players in the world, when you have that, you should be able to get to the playoffs. I think they all have a very good chance. That may end up being dumb, but I'll say the Mavs for now, just because of Luca. Oh, but you're gonna make me feel like big Perkins on here, man, and just be sounding ignorant with this beard on me. Uh, I, I'm obviously not going to go with the Mavs just because the Kyrie thing and everything. I still don't know how that's going to gel. I mean, obviously they got a full off season, like you said. You got Luca. You should expect it to work out and everything. I'm looking at the Thunder, or my thoughts were going to be: I think Kobe was going to pick the Thunder, and I was going to have to give an argument for the Wolves over the Thunder. If I had to go Wolves over the Mavs, though, I feel like the Wolves are making the, the right moves right now. They just paid. They just extended Jaden McDaniels, even yeah, though yes, he did. Even, yes, we gave him the bag, but he did last time we see and heard from him. He punched a wall. So let's all remember <laughs> that. He's a valuable piece. He is a valuable piece. Like I said, Wolves doing somewhat the right thing to do. Um, that's my thing, and the Thunder are doing the right thing as well. So honestly, a little surprised again to see you pick the pick another team like the Mavs and the Raptors. We're going. I, I like the other teams overall better, but I just don't think. I think it's unlikely that Luca misses the playoffs again, just because I think he's that good. All right. I can be fair with that. So I'm going to take it back to the East for you. Eastern team to fall from consistency that we know. Like, you know, they have their – they're always in the playoffs. They're always one of their top five. They were in the top five last season. We got the Seas, the Knicks, or the Heat. Which one of those Ooh. three? That's a tough one. Most likely to fall from consistency. <laughs> oh, man, that's hard. It's not going to be the Celtics. So I'll say <clears throat> probably the Knicks, just because I trust them the least out of those three organizations. I don't think any of them will. I think the Knicks will still be a playoff team. Miami, you just can't kill Miami ever. And I do think some of their young guys, uh, Hawkins has looked pretty good uh, in the preseason and stuff. And Jovic, we'll see what he can become. Um but I'll, I'll say I'll say the Knicks just because they, there's some weird stuff where there's already the rumors about Embiid. Maybe that gets with their chemistry a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you saw that today where it came out mm. the players they're trying to they would be willing to offer for Embiid. So I just think that's gonna be hanging over them all year. Um, I doubt they drop out. I still think they'll be pretty good, but it's possible. Interesting. I, I see. For me, if we're talking about a team that can be dropping. It has to be the teams that had some changes this season. For me, the Seas had a lot of change, man. They had a lot of changes, and they're changing a lot of parts. I mean, yes, they're paying Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, so don't get me wrong. They're probably – that often, their team's probably still going to look the same offensively. I'm stuck between – honestly, for me, it was the Seas or the Knicks, or the Heat, not the Knicks. I think the Knicks are going to give us the same product as last season. Um mm-hmm. Uh, this even if they change up the moves, I even though, yes, the scary thing about that sentence, folks, is Thibs is still coaching that team. <laughs> so, sure. hey, don't get me wrong, don't, don't get me wrong. As a Wolves fan, I know what this means. Like, putting Thibs in the consistency, reliable bin is not that uh reliable in itself. What a three goodness! The Wolves, these nuggets, man. KCP is actually very underrated. He's oh, very yeah, underrated, he's awesome. my book. Yeah, I used to actually not like him because he was on the Lakers, but 
he uh, kind of he kind of took the turnaround when he put on that blue. All right, <laughs> last one, last of my burning questions, Colby, and this one's more geared towards your love for our team, team that's going to have the most hype, Colby, this season. You ready? I'm ready. Wimby Spurs or a magic season? Oh, so okay, so who who's going to get the most hype in the media, or who's going to like? have the better season who's gonna get the players. most hype who's gonna be having the most fun this year if the spurt are your wimby spurs gonna get all the attention or is it gonna be your magic having the season well, that is prophesized well the spurs are gonna get all more all the attention just because of Wimby. but the magic are gonna be much better than the spurs. Be hype to watch he's gonna be more hype to watch and get some of the hype that they deserve they're my sleeper team for this year i'm calling that like the kings we're taking the Magic to the bank this year. Ooh. They're gonna be in the playoffs. Powell's gonna be an all star. Magic in the playoffs, baby. Calling that right now. You can book oh. that one down. Bookmark this. Um, oh, so man. for me, it's gonna be the Magic, but the Spurs are gonna just be talked about more because Wemby's just gonna be doing incredible things. That's why I have them both going against each other. Colby, don't get me wrong. I'm gonna go and lean towards the Magic season as well. Uh, like, like, let's be real. Wimby's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be like the first couple months. It's going to be awesome to see. It's going to be brand new to us. And then it's going to be like, all right, this is what he is. He might struggle a little bit or two. And that's where we're going to be like, well, it's the Spurs. They don't have much around him. So what, what can, what else are you going to really watch when you watch the Spurs besides Wimby try and do the most you can. So I personally think it should be a magic season. If the magic have the season that you are foretelling Colby, I will be, I will be glued and watching these first couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie. I am a little bit interested in the magic just because of the way you've been talking about them. Uh, Yes, sir. Oh yeah. I was talking to my buddies. Of course, I'm in a fantasy basketball league and one of them got Franz Wagner and he was like, dude, I don't have that much guys. And I was like, dude, you got, I saw Franz on there and I was like, dude, you got a solid option in Franz Wagner and like two other guys right beside me who knew a little bit of ball. They were like, yeah, dude, bronze is going to be a hooper. And I was like, all right. Yeah, bronze might be better. Some, some people might, at this point, some people might say bronze is better than Paulo right now. I wouldn't, but bronze is very good. That's an excellent little piece dude. to have for Paulo. He is a great piece to have for Paulo. But all right, Colby, those were my NBA tip-off burning questions. What are these? And you got these NBA top 10 most pressured, right, players? Yeah, so I got my list that I made. Uh, the bottom's a little fidgety. The order's a little, you know, I was working through it, debating on it. But, yeah, I just made top 10 NBA players under the most pressure this year. And then we'll wrap up after this because I do have to we have to return some calls. Um, <laughs> okay. Go from 10 up to number one. My top 10 play NBA players under the most pressure. You can stop me if you think anything's egregious. Number 10. I went back and forth between Trey Young and the person who I put in 10. So Trey Young, honorable mention, gets honorable mention for this list. First full year with Quinn Snyder. Um, honorable mention. Number 10, I got Donovan Mitchell. He was terrific all year last year, his first year in Cleveland, but they flamed out in the playoffs. There's a lot of overlap with him and Garland, who are both excellent, but kind of do a lot of the same stuff. Uh, they're both smaller. They don't. Neither are great defenders. Um, I don't know how the fit is. There's also all the buzz that he doesn't want to stay in Cleveland long term. So he might, it's on the board. He could be getting traded again, 
But at the same time, there's still a ton of talent on that Cleveland team. The second level of the East is, I mean, outside of Boston, Milwaukee, I mean, there's all the teams we mentioned, but the Eastern playoffs standings are going to be up for grabs. Cleveland should be one of the best teams in the conference once again. And then it's going to be, what can they do in the playoffs? So I think Donovan Mitchell under a good bit of pressure this year, especially with the trade bus. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. I'm sorry. And I, I don't want to interrupt you not too long, but I just saw the picture of a, what's it called mike malone with carl and that's just uh that was just an awesome little picture right there but um anyways back to what you got over here donovan mitchell i did not know he was in the trade rumor market again i thought thought he would be a little well, more comfortable being in cleveland and having his own little show but well so like i said really... earlier it's hard to get rid of garland man he's a good player yeah. so there's not really yeah i don't think they get rid of garland well there's not really trade buzz yet but the rumor is that he doesn't want to he's not going to sign an extension he's not going to stay there long term and so we'll see what happens with that. Um, all right, number nine. I almost put this guy higher, but just because of roles and everything, I kept him at nine. Number nine, Dame Lillard. He's on a contender now. This is the best team he's ever been on. He's now the number two guy. Um, he's got to get it done. He's got to thrive in this role, be what Milwaukee needs, and he's got a championship or bust uh, for the Bucks this year, obviously playing alongside Giannis. Uh, so Dame, first time he's been in a situation like this, he's number nine. I'd say it was the first time he's in a situation like this. He had some good. I think they had it. No, no, the Warriors. No, no, I forgot. They always had the Warriors. Never mind. Yeah, I guess they were never really a favorite. Favorite. You're right. All right, I'll take that back. I'll go ahead and back backtrack. Maybe should be higher. I'm not going to lie. Maybe should be higher. But all right, onwards, good sir. All right, number eight. I'll be quick on this one because everyone knows all the reasons. But it's Anthony Davis. Um, I originally had him a spot higher, but I switched him down to eight. He did get his bag. He got his paid. The pressure is really, can he, LeBron is almost 40. Who knows how many games either are going to play. Can AD be healthy enough and play enough in the regular season to get them a higher playoff seed so they don't have to do what they did last year? He's been pretty good in this game right now, first game of the year. He was terrific in the playoffs last year. He's obviously a great player. It's more about the staying healthy and also setting the tone. The reason I have him on here is, can he it be his team overall this year? And can he set themselves up to where the Lakers are feeling pretty good about the post-LeBron era with A.D. Reeves and whoever else might be around for that? Oh, that's a tough one, Colby. I'm not going to lie. And the way you're saying how A.D. is doing good right now, I mean, historically, he does good against Jokic. I mean, we know that. So. True. Uh, let's see. I mean, I want to see for me personally when it comes to A.D. is what you were just saying. But it's still what I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast is how is he going to do without LeBron on the court, man? Like, this is a big game. When about, like, without him on the court, sometimes he just doesn't show his presence as much. So that's my only concern. But I do agree. He's eight. Should he be higher is always the argument I have when it comes to your list, Colby. That's always the argument I have. You make you always make it challenging. So well, who's the next one? All right, number seven. I originally had AD and this guy flipped, but I flipped it at the last minute because I actually think this guy sneaky is under more pressure in some ways. Number seven, SGA. You might say, SGA? Well, he was first team All-NBA last year. He's a top 15 player in the league at this point, pretty inarguable. Some might say top 10. He was unreal. He was great last year for that overachieving young Thunder team. But he's on here now because there's no real pressure on the Thunder. They're not going to be catching anybody by surprise this year. 
everyone's all these awesome young players uh, expect them to take the next step. As you mentioned, their expectations are for them to be a playoff team. He's the main guy. If he really is one of these top level of the league guys, that's now got to start. He's not only got to be awesome individually, but they've got to start winning. They have Chet now, uh, which they did not last year. So in theory, they should be a lot better. So I got SGA number seven because he's he's got a got the accolades, first team All NBA, one of the best young players, young guards in the league. They got they got to show it to us this year though. They got they got to take that next step. So I actually think there's a, a lot of pressure on SGA. That's fair. I actually agree with this, uh, and it's a good fair spot I think for him as well. I do agree with the fact that SG, SGA Shea Gilgis Alexander for some folks out there. Um, he definitely deserves that pressure spot. I mean, he got the first team all pro, which was great remind, great, great team. Great reminder right there, Colby. Um, he balled out last season, folks. This dude was oh, a yeah. baller. So it's the reason why they're yeah, like you say, they're overachieving and why I'm saying sitting here confidently saying that they're going to be in the play in game. The, the least, like that's the least I expect out of them. I definitely see them in the playoffs. Um, yeah, yeah, the pressure is right there and it comes with honor. Pressure comes with honor, SGA. It's a respect thing. <laughs> I agree with that. All right. Number six. The top six were pretty easy for me. Um, I originally, again, this is one that I flipped from four, five to six. But I'm going to go Giannis at six. I initially had Giannis higher um, because, obviously, they haven't won the last couple years since they won the title. They made the stink this offseason about being upset. Then they go get him Dame. Now he just signed the extension yesterday. He's locked in in Milwaukee. He's got the core. He's got his team. He has Dame now. He's trying to get – got to stack that second ring. He lost the best player alive belt to Jokic last year, and now he's trying to get it back. So I think there's a fair amount of pressure. I originally had him higher, but he would easily be number one, much like Jokic last year if he hadn't – if he didn't already have the one ring. And so because he does have that, I was like, ah, at the end of the day, can I really put him below – above all people who are trying to still get that first ring uh, in one way or another. And so because of that, I dropped him down to six. But my only argument there would be, could you switch Dame with Giannis? You could. Yeah, you can make a case. I just, I just feel like because Giannis is the one, that's kind of why he's the best player. That's kind of why I put Giannis higher. But you, could make, you could make the case. Okay. All right, I I agree with I I see where you're coming from where it's like it's his team so it's still like you know his pressure his uh his challenge his pressure the Lakers got Cam Reddish didn't know that all right number five we're in the top five Colby what do you got yes sir top five guys under the most pressure in the NBA number five sneaky one Devin Booker Whoa. so here's why Devin Booker is on he's, he's excellent this is not really about what can Devin Booker prove obviously he hasn't won the ring yet but he's been to a finals. The reason I put him on this list is because, as we already joked about at the beginning, Bradley Beal already out for this first game. KD is 34-35 and has had a bunch. KD and Beal are going to miss a lot of games this year. They're both going to miss games. That's just who they are at this point in their careers. They're all healthy in the playoffs. We'll see what it is. Devin Booker is going to have to carry this team on a lot of nights. There's going to be a lot of nights where it's him and either KD or Beal, not both, and guys the rest of that team is just guys no disrespect but it's not like they have any other high level pieces and there's probably going to be a decent number of games where it's just him and guys and katie and booker both or katie and beal both are out um obviously they'll have all the pressure on him in the playoffs i feel like it's his team he's the guy 
Um, only guy left from the team that went to the finals a couple years ago, which is crazy. Um, but so, yeah, because of that, because I feel like there's going to be a lot of nights where he has to carry him. I got Devin Booker five. Oh, Devin Booker at five. And I like your reasoning, too. Honestly, uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of this, I said I think he might be a little higher, Colby. I think he might be higher. Not going to lie. I, th- I mean, the way you just spoke, too, honestly gives me a little bit more reason to say maybe he should be nudged a little higher. Um, wow. Yeah. And not to mention that, yeah, tonight's the first night where he's already starting without Beal. So it's already <laughs> starting to happen. It's already starting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now to the top four. These guys, to me, I originally had the fourth guy a little a spot or two lower, but the more I thought about it, these are easily the top four under pressure. Number four, this guy's obviously in his own set of circumstances from everyone else, and that's John ja Morant. John ja Morant, we all know the deal. He's suspended for the first 25 games. They retooled the roster a little bit, added Marcus Smart, no more Dylan Brooks. The reason John Moran is on here, one, obviously, are you going to keep being an idiot and sabotaging your career? So that's just the first part of it. That alone would put him in the top 10 of pressure once he comes back from that suspension. But also, how's the team going to look in these 25 games without him? If they're pretty good and he's still acting up, doing dumb stuff, or the Grizzlies can be like, you know what, it's not worth the headache. Let's trade him, see what we can get. Or can they tread water and what can they be when he gets back? The other part of this is like last year, we were talking about Memphis pretty much all year as a real contender in the West. I think most people thought most of the year before all this jaw stuff happened that they had a shot to win the West. They have some. They lost Stephen Adams for the year again. Uh, he's out. They have Triple J. And now they're kind of an afterthought in the West. It's the Nuggets, Suns, Lakers, or the Big Dogs. I think more people like the Warriors over them, maybe the Clippers. It's going to be, as we said, the West is such a gauntlet. Memphis, who's been so great the last two years, winning 50-plus games each of the last two years, where are they at in the West? So I think because of that, can he come back after the suspension, be great, have his head straight, and potentially get Memphis back to where they're in that conversation in the West, which they were in, seemed like they were going to be in for the near future the last couple years, but now it seems like they've fallen out of that conversation. So I got jaw four. I think that's a good spot for him as well, Colby. It's not cliche, you know, like most people probably would have him at like three or top three. You know, I think number four is really respectable, honestly. Uh, then the way you're breaking it down, man, you're really breaking it down really well, especially for these last couple of ones. Uh, John Morant, yeah, it's hard to argue with your breakdowns right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, they made moves as well as an organization to try and work without him. I mean, they did pick up Dylan Brooks and everything, so or got no, rid he of Wait, no, he yeah, they Houston, got rid of right? Yeah, they got rid of Brooks and they, they added Marcus. Marcus Smart was Marcus Smart. That's, that's who it is. Guy. They got Marcus Smart. There we go. So I mean, it's going to be like they, I think Marcus Smart's going to be there. Remember, he's out for half the season, Colby. So, or no, at least forty half. games. No, sorry, he's out for forty. 25. Yeah, twenty-five. Sorry, 25. twenty games. I was wrong. So like like a fourth. He's out like a missed the first quarter. Quarter. Yeah, he'll miss the first quarter. So yeah, and I think that during this quarter it'll be great to see the Grizzlies and. Honestly, how they perform will determine how much pressure is he going to have when he comes back. That's why I think the answer to that one's going to be whether or not they'll dial up the pressure or not. You're right about that. All right. Top three were easy. Um, and I think the order's pretty lockstep for me as well. Number three, Luka Doncic. I mentioned when you had your burning question about the Mavs. Look, he's when you've one of the five when you're one of the five best players alive. 
and I would have him maybe third, third or fourth, I would say. You can't miss the playoffs. Even if you have a terrible team around you, which he did last year, and which he mostly does this year, even though I think it's slightly better. I don't like the Kyrie fit, but I I picked him over those teams. The Wolves and Thunder, as you said, who I like both but more overall as teams, but I picked the Mavs. I said that because they have Luka. He's lost some weight. I don't know if you've seen Luka. He's, he's, he's looking more skinny this year. He's a dominant player. He's got to direct this ship, which might be a little bit of a dysfunctional mess. Um, and that's not his fault, but there's a lot of pressure on him to get back to the playoffs, get back to competing in the West, simply because he is regarded as one of those top-of-the-league guys. It's the mainly pressure of just really maintaining his status, it sounds like. I mean, he's coming in with the same situation as last season, but with more Kyrie drama, in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, number three is a damn good spot for Luka. I can agree with that. It's up there. All right. Top two. Number two. At one point, at first, when I first started thinking about this, I thought about having this guy number one, but then the more I thought, I was like, nah, he's two. It doesn't make sense to put him above the actual number one. Number two, the MVP, Joel Embiid. I, I'm sure you've seen this. They've uh, mentioned this on First Things First a lot, a couple times, but Joel Embiid is the only MVP in the history of the NBA to have never made the conference finals. There have been a couple that have never made a finals, several that have never won a championship. He is the only one who's never been played in round three in his entire career. So he has the playoff monkey on his back now. He has fallen off. He's had injuries. hasn't been all his fault, but he's got that reputation now. He can't get it on the playoffs. Has a debate ever there was a legitimate TV debate between two guys ever been ended so quickly and thoroughly as the Jokic and B debate. I mean, for years, for years, people were have argued about who would you better, Jokic or Embiid. One has the defense, the passing, blah, blah, blah. And now <laughs> it is literally completely inarguable that Jokic is just a level above him. No one that knows anything about basketball, I don't think, would put him over Jokic. So... Giannis and Jokic are above him. He wants to get to that level. He's got to go on a deep playoff run. The only reason he's not number one is because with this whole Harden mess and the team around him, there's not, I don't think anyone has a real championship expectation for the Sixers this year. I mean, he would have to be absurd to get them on a deep playoff run. But that's the pressure. So he needs to be, he's number two most pressure in the league. Damn, that's that's a tough pill to swallow if you're a beat man. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when they give away when they're afraid to give away three peats for the MVP. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. It's really, uh, who can be number one, Colby? Who can be number one? That's all I can ask. Who's number one? All right. Well, I don't know if you thought of it. Who it might be, but number one for me, easily, inarguably, indisputably, the guy with the most pressure on him in the NBA this year. Mr. Jason Tatum. The Celtics oh. have been the Vegas favorites to win the last two championships. This to win last year and this year, uh, ever since that finals run. They reshaped their whole team. They got Drew Holiday, Porzingis. They have a team that fits their coach's style much more. They have a loaded team. He's one of the top guys in the league. The expectations are for them to win the championship. They're one of the few championship robust teams up there with Milwaukee, Denver, Phoenix. 
and arguably the Lakers who are play, fighting back right now. Um, the, the Jason Tatum, because of all that, because of the team around him and the quality of player that everyone, including myself, believes he is, but the fact that he hasn't been able to get over that hump despite making the finals and a Jillian Conference finals. Jason Tatum, to me, most pressure in the NBA this season. Hmm. Interesting, interesting, interesting way to wrap this up. See, I did not expect Jason Tatum, Colby. Well, I did not see that coming. Uh, that, wow. That's why I said I did not know who you were going with that number one, honestly, after you said Indeed and Luca. Uh, you couldn't have said Kyrie or anything like that. That's who I was. I was honestly trying to do a process of elimination, but if you go with Tatum, that is. That's deep, man. That's pretty deep. I'm not going to lie. I mean, the dude plays great basketball, but the pressure of just also just the Boston reputation around it. I mean, he has, like you said, they did pick up. What's his name? Oh, I just had his name uh, from the Bucks. They just picked up. Drew Holiday. Drew yeah, Holiday. They, they just picked up Drew Holiday and re-signed Jalen Brown. So, again, once again, like I mentioned I think I have a little concern with the C's and their consistency. So I understand Colby where the pressure is coming from. Uh, great list to start off this NBA season, Colby. Great list. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, Colby, we got a few minutes left here. We probably went longer than planned, of course. But yeah, it's okay. We'll wrap it up. <laughs> it's a very eventful day. So it is time for some eventful final thoughts. Colby, go ahead and take uh, us away. I'll swing it quickly over to the third sport uh, that we have not discussed. Great to see the Astros lose that heartbreaker in game seven and to know that they will not win back-to-back -back World Series. That was awesome for the Rangers. So Rangers win and the D-backs and Phillies play right now. Phillies up 2-1 top of the fifth in another game seven to see who goes to the World Series. Shout out baseball for having a very exciting conference championship series this year and giving us a super fun exciting world series matchup no matter who wins this game i kind of almost want to root for the diamondbacks to win just because that'd be random and fun but i gotta root for the phillies just for john because i know how happy he'll be if they win so i'm pulling for the phils go phillies uh let's see if they can win the world series that's my final thought yeah impressive by the rangers and more impressive by the d-backs like you said but I'm right there with you, Colby. I'm sitting there. I got friends that are Phils, and I'm right there with them. Go fight in <laughs> Phils, baby. Go fight in Phils. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take it on over to the beautiful, beautiful league that is the NFL. Uh, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Baltimore. Thank you, Denver. Most importantly, thank you, Kirk Cousins. I mean, <laughs> good God, my NFL season, I think, has just been saved this past weekend um it's amazing it's a real it's really amazing just thinking about it i hyped up that game all week long i hope many of you squad rided with that because like i said on the on the on the on the pickup show trust me on this one this is the biggest squad pick that you'll probably ever hear me promote and uh needless to say some pretty good stuff huh colby oh yeah some very good stuff just like the clutch three yoke just hit sir <laughs> Thank you for listening to the CJJC Show. Whenever you want more biased takes, go on over to our social media pages, Spotify, or wherever you can probably find a podcast, if we have it up. And if we do, thank you for following us on social media. And besides that, have a good one, y'all.